Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. Going to Arlington and John, this is Jim. How can I help you? Well, Jim, I've got a question about tankless water heaters. My wife and I are looking to move, sell a house we're in and move to another house. And the house that we're looking at has outside tankless water heaters on the wall on the east side and the west side. Okay. And those things froze in that winter of 21. Right. And they burst and flooded the house. And the house had wooden floors. And they had to remove two feet of sheetrock in a couple of rooms. And, you know, replace that. The floor seemed to be okay. They haven't buckled in the last two years. But my question is, we're a little concerned because we think it would be a risk for us to spend that much money on that house and if something happened because of that flooded uh, flooded environment. So. What do, you, what do you think? Well, if the floors aren't in, you know, damaged from the water, at this point they're not going to be damaged from it. Uh, okay, so I, I wouldn't worry about that. The bigger question I would have probably at this point would be when they rebuilt back, you mentioned the, the sheetrock. Did they cut out two feet and replace the insulation and everything? Yes. Okay. I wouldn't worry about it. Okay, now next question is, what can I do to prevent this in the future? When you're having a 100-year a, a freeze like that was, yeah, but here we are two years later, and we had a, another good one, but not near as bad as that. Uh, you can actually go put some protective cover over it so that it can maintain heat and keep from freezing it. And it can, okay. literally can be as simple as, hanging a blanket out there and having a heat source under the blanket like a light bulb or something uh, to maintain just some dampening of the, the extreme cold uh, and you'll be fine. Well, there, each of the each of the tankless water heater boxes have a light bulb inside but the problem was the power went out at the same time. Right. So they lost power, so the, the light bulbs couldn't keep the heat inside the box, so they froze. So my thought was I could make something look like a shadow box and hangs over that on the outside, insulate that box, and just hang it with some pins at the bottom. Correct. And that's basically what I was talking about doing with a blanket. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, and all that's going to do is, is help insulate it. Now, your secondary thing, if, if you lose power... Uh, you can actually go out and still shut the water off, drain them, and just turn them back on when we get power again. Okay. So, well, my, my, my main concern was the flooding and the sheetrock, and the, are we worried about mold or anything like that? Now, nah, once it's dried up, you don't have to worry about mold. The, uh, the only time you got i got to move. I, I was hearing that echo back on myself. Uh, the only time you are... Uh, really needing to worry about mold is if there's still some type of water source. Once okay, the water we'll source is dried up, you're fine. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. Have fun at you the rodeo. Bet. Oh, always love rodeos. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. How can I help you, Hamilton? Well, we need to find out about an insert for our fireplace. It's an older fireplace, and it's pretty big, but it's so deep that it all the heat goes up the chimney okay so thinking about uh understanding is that there's some kind of an insert you can put in there 
and it blows the heat from around the firebox and into the room. Yes. They, they make several different types, but they make some, you know, the, the, the part that you set your wood on. Right. Uh, they make some that are made of pipe that kind of curls up, and as the heat is rising, it's heating those pipes, and they've got some that are electric powered that'll blow that air out into the room. Others are just static where it opens up and it lets the heat go into the room, but uh, those work really good. Mm-hmm. And you can pick Damn. those up at, at a typically at a, at a regular fireplace store. The box stores, I don't think, usually have them. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Maria, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. We have adobe brick on our house, and it erodes, like where sprinkler hits it or something, and we've I don't know what my husband sprayed it with, but it's, you know, we've had bricks replaced because they've eroded too badly. And I wondered, you know, if there was something better we could do to preserve the brick. Okay. Yes. Uh, like we were talking earlier, uh, you, you need to put a commercial grade water sealer on that. Uh, if you get products from Home Depot, you're not going to get the results that you want. Uh, okay. uh, there's a uh, there's a place in Dallas called Gartex, and they carry a, a product that's Chemprobe. It's a masonry coating that'll uh, be able to spray it on Adobe, and then uh, it's not going to let the water penetrate, so it's it's just going to bead right off of it. Can you and, spell and that, the name of the product? Chemprobe is C H E M P R O B E. And uh, okay. uh, like I said, you can get it at Gartex in Dallas. That's G-A-R-T-E-X. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you, Maria. And, uh, what is Adobe Brick? Oh, Adobe Brick is uh, its not a fired brick. Uh, it's not a clay brick. Okay. Uh, Acme and all these other companies, right. it's a clay brick, and those are fired in a kiln. Adobe is just uh, kind of like the when they made the brick back in in Egypt, where it just just dry set. Is that what we call the the Mexican brick? A lot yeah, of people. Yeah, it is. Okay. Me- no, uh, the Adobe brick is from Mexico. Right. Okay. You know, so uh, it's really not meant for Texas weather. Right. It's meant for Mexico weather. <laughs> I know it's but, what I have on but, my house. Yeah. So it, it wants it, it soaks up water so so much easier because yeah. the clay just lets it kind of shed off of it but that soaks it in and with the freezes it's just going to start it eroding let's head up to plano and roger welcome to texas home improvement thank you jim how you doing today oh i am doing wonderful how about you pretty good pretty good hey i appreciate the service you provide to the community i always learn something new listening to your show i've got a question about uh, a circuit breaker or a service panel or whatever the term is um our house was built in 1983 we have the federal pacific uh switch panel, circuit breaker, whatever. Yeah. And I've heard from different people that if the fire hazard it needs to be replaced, there may come a time in the future when insurance companies don't insure your house if you have one. What's your opinion on those, replacing them or whatnot? Get it replaced as soon as you can. Okay. 
they they had okay. a flaw with them that didn't show up until later. And yes, they they are a uh, they are a real problem. They they've they've caused lots of fires. Uh, they are basically dangerous to have, and and they are correct in telling you that uh, insurance companies may not insure homes with that particular brand in it uh, down the okay. road. You know the average cost to replace. I've got about thirty breakers into two hundred amp unit. Average cost to replace. You know, I, I depending on what they have to go through, it can be as as little as twenty five hundred, or as much as sixty five hundred. Uh, just depends on you know access and uh, what they have to do to to get it in there. Jim and McKinney asks about a home warranty. What home warranty company do you recommend? I don't. In fact, I tell people all the time. I, I personally wouldn't buy a home warranty. Uh, I know a lot of times when you're buying a house, the sellers will pay for one uh, for the first year. And a lot of times, that you know, that's something that the realtors had set up, and it, it makes for a good sales tool when they're selling. But every year, those home warranties go up in cost. Uh, the longer you have it, the more expensive it'll get. If you take that same money and set it aside each year, you'll have the money to do the repairs that you need to do. Uh, if it was a great investment, you wouldn't be able to afford to get it. So my, my thing is, you know, I'm going to use air conditioning as an example. When air conditioner goes out, they're going to send out a repair person. They will do everything to try to keep that unit going long enough to get it off their policy. And it could be a 15-year-old system that should be just plain replaced. But if they can get it past their time, then they don't have to worry about it. And, uh, and the same with the dishwasher and, and other appliances that they cover, where a lot of times it would be better to just take that money and put it into the new system. They don't let you do that. And and so that's the issue I have with these home warranty companies. And you'll typically spend all day waiting for a repairman to come out. And typically the companies who work for these home warranties are startup-type companies. And they're just using it to gain list of clients that they can add as, uh, as people that they can send out the mailers to and, and things like that. So... It's not one of those things I, I think is a good investment. Joe, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey, Jim. I'm doing a remodel, and uh, I got all my subs lined up. I'm working with a, a builder who's helping me with that. And my question is about lien waivers. Um, should I get one from each sub, get one from the general? I do not have a bank involved in this. Um, so they're not going. There's no one there to review it. Um, right. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that process. Well, typically you would get it from your general contractor, and uh, if you if you have any concern with the subs at all, you have him get a release from each of the subs that that, that he can give to you as you're giving him payments. Do you have it set up on some type of payment uh, schedule yet? 
Not yet. Okay. Normally, that's something that you would get when when uh, when he puts in for a draw that he would include okay. with the paperwork that um, you know for the work that's been done so far. The contractor's been paid. Uh, here's my um, conditional release of lien. In other words, uh, it's only covering what's been done so far. Um, and then he gets the same from his subs and provides you with copies of those. How, how quickly does a contractor have to file for a lien on your property? And do oh, you actually find question. out about it? Uh, you will, but it'll be after the fact. And normally, you know, there, there are some variances, but normally they have up to 90 days. Uh, most of the time, 45 days is what is the time frame you want to work within. And when they file for a lien, am I, as the property owner, am I notified about that? Or did it only come up in a title search? Or? No, you, you would be notified. Okay. So if if I'm doing, so there's some concrete involved with and, and hang on, let me let me be clear on on that part. It's not tip, it's not typically the uh, government agency that's going to notify you. The person who's filing the lien will normally notify you because that's another avenue for them to get paid. Okay. So, and then so I've got my my kind of my general guy that's helping me with all the trades, and then I'm having some outdoor porch work and metal work done, and that's something that I've contracted for directly. Do I need to go to his contract supplier and make sure he's been paid or a no. lien waiver from that sub is all I need? Uh, yeah, you don't need to go to the, the different, you know, I shouldn't say no. A, a supplier can file a lien if they're not paid, but they would typically have to have the address where to, you know, where the material was used. So if the material was delivered in, in say, a bulk material order, that that well, can like be an issue. Like concrete. Concrete, like is, concrete is one right? that you would like to get a release on, yes. From the contractor or from the concrete the, supplier? The, the contractor should get one from the supplier. The contractor should get one from the supplier. Yep, that he can furnish you. Okay. Well, thanks. You've helped me, mate. <laughs> Can I ask you, uh, how big a project are, are you working on? Well, I've got a barn dominium, and there okay. was 40 feet by 40 feet, so 1,600 square feet was just less of shop space, and now I'm building that out. I'm going to go okay. ahead and convert that into a bedroom, bathroom, living room, Okay, so you're, you're going to spend a fair amount of money then? Uh, it's probably 60 on the inside and 40 on the outside. Yep. 1,000. Yeah. Go, go through the process then and, and, and have them do it. Uh, one place where you can get some help for it. Let me, let me do my uh, commercial break here, and uh, I'll put okay. it out on the air when I come back, okay? And uh, AIA, that's what I was uh, trying to remember. It, they have forms that are used basically for commercial projects, but those, those same release of liens and all that kind of stuff can be used on residential so you can just uh, Google up AIA, and uh, you'll see that they got all kinds of forms and contracts and, and different things like that. The one in particular that you're going to be looking for is going to be a release of lien. Mike and Umble, how can I help you? 
Hey, Mr. Dutton. Hey. I had a question about Adam. The squirrel's getting in the attic, and it looks like um, the soffit, <clears throat> a couple of peaks, you know, a two-story brick, and uh, above the windows there's a, two different peaks. I guess for the hardy comes down. Um, it looks like they cut it short, I guess. Poor craftsmanship or whatever. But if it gets two inches short, I had a guy a couple of years ago went up there just because I didn't have a ladder tall enough, and he put foam and <clears throat> kept them out for a little bit. But it looks like they kind of dug that out. Yeah. Is there a more permanent permanent solution that? I mean, I know it's hard, you know, working off the ladder and all that, and with the angle, you know, it's kind of difficult. Do you have uh, enough room to add a, a little piece of board there? Well, that's well, that's, that's what I was thinking, but you know, in order to to screw it in, you know, the you don't really have a good angle. Maybe you can yeah. drill a hole, I guess, and screw it in. Well, um, you maybe can do that, or you can use some uh, siliconized caulk to basically glue it in place and hold it in. Okay. Because uh, yeah, that can I'm, be put I'm, on the sides as well as the back. <clears throat> now, something that you can put in there that uh, helps keep them from wanting to go in, uh, if you if if the hole is open to the inside, pack some uh, steel wool in there into the back prior to covering it up. You don't want the steel wool to get wet because it can rust and, and leave stains then. But if you pack it in where it stays dry, they won't go through that. Okay. The foam, you know, you can even see it. You know, the guy that you can see it from the from the road. And yeah. Oh, yeah. That's not. Tacky, you, you should have enough room then to to go ahead and, and put some uh, hardy up there. And like I said, use some siliconized caulk to hold it in place if you can't nail it. This came in yesterday, and it's from Mike in Houston. He says, "I'm going to have a large cinder block wall." It will surround the bottom floor after the house is lifted. Split-face cinder blocks seem to cost about two and a half times as much as regular 8 by 8 by 16 cinder blocks. So I need a less expensive solution. Are James Hardy planks a good solution and how do I attach them if they are a good solution? Well, Mike, I've done a lot of house raisings and yeah, typically it is the split block. Uh, another choice would be to put regular block and face it with uh, something. You can face it with even uh, brick, you know, to match in. If you want to put hardy plank, you absolutely can. You would affix some uh, strips, uh, typically like a, a one by four, two by four strips to a regular block wall there. And that gives you something to nail the hardy plank to. What you're going to find by the time you go through all the, the stuff to do that, you might as well put the split block on. Uh, there, there's not a, a good, cheap way to do it. Now, I did have one house raising we did. We lifted the house about five feet on this one. And because it was in a certain area, we couldn't even put the blocks around it. The uh, city wouldn't let us. And we ended up using lattice so that air and and water and everything flowed through on its own so that may give you a, a, an option to look at that would be really inexpensive 
and blocks can always be added later or, or whatever you want to add. But uh, as far as using the hardy plank, I think in, in the long run, by the time you get all the labor that goes into doing the hardy and uh, affixing the, the boards to nail to and everything, you're going to have just as much as doing the blocks. Because keep in mind, whether you're doing the split face, face blocks or you're doing a smooth block, the installation is the same. So you're going to have that labor regardless. Debbie in Pearland says, Hey Jim, I have two oak trees in my postage stamp size front yard. I like the shade, but as they grow, I worry about the roots damaging my foundation as they seek water. Instead of removing the trees, I've been thinking about having a root barrier installed. Will a root barrier help me prevent future problems? If so, do you have any companies to recommend? Oh, that's an easy one. Uh, you have given me great advice in the past, so I would like to hear your opinion. I recommend root barriers all the time. But here's the key thing on root barriers. If the tree is older than the house, do not put root barriers. If the trees are from when the house was built or later, that's when you root shield it. And the reason for that Trees that are older than the house, they were already taking moisture out of the soil. Uh, and so the soil was already in a shrunken state because as it dries, it shrinks. And by putting in a root barrier, the soil would start taking on moisture. And it could actually pick the house up higher than it was built. And that, that just gives you a, a whole new world of problems. So, again, rule of thumb, if the trees were put in when the house was built or after, Go ahead and root shield them. Now, I always recommend a, a high-density plastic barrier. Uh, you can get root barriers that are a fabric with root inhibitor beads that keep the roots from growing, but they're still able to pull moisture through the fabric. That can still cause you problems. By using a high-density plastic, it blocks the moisture transfer, therefore allowing the moisture to build on the house side, which keeps the soil stable, which then keeps your foundation stable. Uh, one other thing, tree roots are typically in the top 18 inches. And some root barriers only go 18 inches, some go 24. I always recommend 36 inches. It keeps the tree roots from just growing uh, straight under the root barrier and continuing to take moisture away from the foundation. And if you need a root barrier, give Due West Foundation Repair a call. We put them in every single day, so be more than happy to help you out with that. Sally in Spring, welcome to 740 KTRH. How can I help you? Hi. Uh, I don't know whether you can help me, but I was just wondering. Um, I, I I live in Spring, and mm -hmm. the water drains to a, a ditch in the front of the house. But something weird has happened in my yard today. Uh, the water is uh, running from the back of the yard to the front of the yard and going down the drainage. But there's a, a hole in the ground, and that hole in the ground is running a lot of water. And I'm just wondering where that water is going to. Is, is it going under my foundation, my house foundation, or where is it going? You can't tell where the water is going because there's a big hole maybe uh, two feet wide. Okay, and how close to the house is it? Oh, I would say about um, 
maybe four or five feet. Okay. And then uh, you said there's a lot of water there. And is the water coming up out of the hole or is it water going down into the hole? Into the hole, yeah. That's what worries me, into the hole. Because where is the water ending up? Is it under my foundation or is is there a way for that water to drain out? Well, there's, there's water moving through the soil all the time, so I'm not as concerned with that. But given the size mm-hmm. of the hole, any idea how deep it is at this point? No, no. Okay. But the water is sure going in there fast. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm assuming you're getting a lot of rain at your house right now then? Yes, we are. Uh-huh. Okay. So it almost sounds like there's a drain pipe down there that's broken. And, you know, because because of the amount of uh, the size of the hole uh, tells me that dirt has washed away. And typically mm-hmm. when that happens, there's a pipe uh, under the ground that has, you know, a connection broke or uh, something in, in the pipe has broke. That's allowing first a little bit of trickle of water starts going in there. Then it starts washing mm-hmm. soil with it and it just becomes a bigger and bigger hole. And and if that's mm-hmm. the case, it's not going to really affect your foundation other than it's taking soil away. And eventually, yes, it'll start getting soil under the foundation as well. So once the rains have stopped, then mm-hmm. somebody's going to need to come in and see what's down there. See if uh, if if it is a pipe that's got a break in it. Uh, it could be uh-huh. a uh, it could be the sewer pipe to the house has a break in uh-huh. it. It could be just a drain pipe that was in for the uh, downspouts off of a uh, gutter system on a house. Um, uh-huh. It can even be a city drain. Uh, I had a, a situation at one of my houses one time where there was a 16-inch pipe that led to a ditch from the street to uh-huh. the ditch behind my house. Well, it got a hole in it, and it started sucking all kinds of dirt out. Uh, once the mm-hmm. hole's repaired, though, the yard can be filled back in, and everything's fine. Well, all the water that is draining from the backyard to the front is going into that hole. Sure. And just a little bit is going down the, the drain where it should be going. But the hole is big, and I'm just wondering if the wa- where is that water going to? The water that's going into the hole, where is it, it going to? It's either going down through the sewer main or through the uh, storm water discharge. So it's not that it's washing under your house. It's probably washing away in a pipe that's that's going out through the city's piping system. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't have to worry about the foundation, but I will check it out. Once it stops raining. Yeah, once it stops raining, so it, 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 it definitely needs to be checked. Because right now, no, nah, you don't need to worry about it affecting the foundation. But if you don't address the problem and you let it just keep going, yes, eventually it could. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much. I appreciate your help on that. And Sally, thank if you. you need somebody to look at it, feel free to call Due West. Yes. We, can, we can help you. Okay. okay. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And, and uh, look, that that's a, a pretty common problem. Uh and once it starts flowing a little bit like that, it'll just continue to get worse and worse, and the hole will get bigger. And what you're going to see when you first look into a hole like that is it's going to look like it's just dirt down the bottom. So you literally have to go down and dig out some of the dirt, and usually you'll find that the pipe 
is going to be, you know, six to 12 inches below the dirt. It's just that the way the water washes everything away, it uh, keeps a little bit of dirt down in the bottom of the hole. Uh, once it's once it's repaired, though, yeah, you'll be fine. It, it uh, does it doesn't leave any big residual issues that got to be dealt with later. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to thipro.com.